Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us John Lepp. How are you, John? I'm great. Thanks, Shahid. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. So, you know what? I'm excited to kind of share what you do, what you're all about. I'll just allow you to kind of go ahead and explain. Sure. I'm a partner at a business called Agents of Good, and um, we were established in 2009. I used to be a freelance designer and then starred uh, Agents of Good with my business partner, Jen Love. And so we work with charities and not-for-profits, not across Canada, not only across Canada, but through the U.S. and around the world uh, internationally as well. Um, and we've been doing that uh, for some time. We get to do a lot of speaking and uh, hang out with our cool friends and cool places and uh get to talk to amazing fundraisers about this, um, these amazing folks called donors. So it's, it's super cool. A lot of fun. So can you elaborate more on the donor side of things? Sure. I mean, in our work, Jen and I, we're storytellers at the end of the day. That's what we do. We help our organizations that we do work for tell really amazing stories to donors about their work, the stuff that they make possible through their giving, um, and obviously stories that inspire them to give um, more and more often, hopefully. So um, there are remarkable people who give to charities regardless of how uh, crap they're, they're treated uh, by some organizations. And so again, we work with organizations to show them how to, to treat these donors with a little more respect and a bit more love uh, every day. So it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun, really interesting work. So where do you guys stand? Like, so basically you go to uh, charity organizations and you help them create a story or message that can be presented to donors. Is that, is that, Pretty much. Well, in the context of fundraising, you know, if you're if you're a donor to your organization, maybe you give to them to their, a friends doing a run for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the sort of thing I'm talking about is donors who give through like direct mail or through online like emails and stuff. So a charity will reach out and tell a story about a, a boy who they want to send to camp this summer for Camp Luchagas, and they'll tell oh, a story about the, the boy and why it's important to the boy. And hopefully, if the donor can give fifty dollars, that will make that possible. So there's a lot of storytelling that happens in that, whether it's in direct response or, or in direct mail or, or through online. And so we help with crafting that story and making sure that it's compelling and inspiring. Mm-hmm. So the donor is not like a company. It could be, but mostly you're targeting masses. So you want get that awareness out to people in general to start donating. Yeah, when I think of donors, especially um, almost everywhere in the world, especially through direct response, I'm thinking of mostly women who are 65 to 95 years old. Um, and, uh, I have to be aware of who I'm talking to all, all the time because, you know, the things the, as a designer, the things that I like as a designer, uh, these donors will not like. And so I also mm-hmm. have to check my own subjective preferences at the door of my work and, uh, rely on the, the science and, and art form of, of direct response for that audience, not for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it has to be very targeted to the avatar. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And each campaign is different. It should be. Absolutely. I think that some people, unfortunately, some colleagues of mine understood that donors, again, are remarkable people. Sometimes they give in spite of how shitty we talk to them or how we treat them. And uh, I don't take that for granted. I recognize who I'm talking to. Uh, I want to make sure I'm uh, telling them I value their time and give them a really compelling reason. I get to the point as quickly as possible. Good direct response is just that anyways. You ask for a single thing and then get out of the way. Make it easy for the donor or your audience or your client or your customer to take the action you want to take. 
and then get out of the way as quickly as possible. Make it as mm. frictionless as possible. So I just do it in a different, a different channel. Most people just don't seem to understand like they used to, which is still mostly direct mail. That's where donors are still giving most of the money these days, not online. Mm-hmm. And when you say direct response, can you elaborate on the direct, direct response? Is just direct marketing, but in the context of fundraising, it's direct oh, response. Direct but direct, direct marketing, direct response are exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So your, your client basically would be a, any kind of organization that wants to do a fundraising. Absolutely. Yeah. Who are usually already fundraising and maybe aren't sure why their uh, donors are falling off the wayside and uh, the, the ROI is way down on everything and lifetime value seems to depreciating. And uh, these are things we have to help them with to get people more plugged into their their giving because we don't, again, we don't do a really good job of that. Charities don't do the job of that, of uh, keeping the donors sort of in, plugged in and invested into their, their mm-hmm. giving. It's sort of like they just treat these people like ATMs, like, okay, we need another $50. Okay, we need another $50. Okay, we need another $50. Well, that doesn't work in real life. There's no life. connection. No, I mean, we, that would never fly in our real life if you and I were best friends. And every time I came to you, like, she'd take me up for coffee. Yeah. She'd tell me <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I don't think we'll be friends along. <laughs> what am I doing? And so even as businesses, as a business owner, I can't treat my customers like this. I can't treat my clients like this. I have to give them more than just give me more work. Give me more work. Get, that's not how life works, but... I don't know, people, people and organizations seem to forget this for lots of different reasons. So basically your background is like marketing then, right? Yeah, I worked at a, um, a bunch of marketing agencies as a designer, as a young designer, and, um, and learned some of the principles of direct marketing. Um, but it was only until I actually worked and moved over to an agency that worked on the charitable side and learned a bit more about direct response, especially as it applies to these individuals we call donors. And then I really kind of started my head around some of these principles. And how long, you just recently became self-employed? Like, is this some business for a while? How long has it been? No, I mean, I've been working in fundraising for about 25 years. Oh, okay. Um, mostly, the, I worked at one firm. I left that firm. And then I basically freelanced for all the competitive firms, as well as the firm that I left, learning their best practices and really plugged the brains of the principles of these agencies and I wanted to learn the things that they were trying and testing and learning and their own foundational understanding of the work and sort of use that for my own game. Uh, and then, like I said, I launched, I went from a freelance to freelance businesses to a sole, to a sole proprietorship and then an incorporated business, but all under agents of good. But that's been since 2009. So what is it? 2021 now. So 11 years. Oh, so you've been in business for a while. Yeah. So yeah any, any names that we know that you can share that you work with? or Almost any charity you could probably think of. I've worked with Canadian uh, Cancer Society, Greenpeace. Oh, wow. Big uh, names. Yes. Yeah. I'm Red Cross, Canadian Red Cross, uh, pr- pretty much everybody in some capacity. Uh, pretty much every hospital foundation in and around Ontario I've worked with in some capacity. Um, so we've worked with lots of environmental organizations now, lots of social causes like food banks and women's shelters. Um, and then we work with still a number of hospital foundations, but we do coaching for all, all different shapes and sizes as well, which I really love. I really like coaching. Oh, how, what do you mean coaching? Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So for some of our clients, we'll actually go in and help. They'll, they'll say over the course of January, December, we have all these, uh, appeals, fundraising appeals where we're going to reach out and ask donors for support. Can you help us storytell for all those fundraising appeals? Yes, we can. And then so for some clients who are smaller, they don't. They can't afford to hire a, an agency, for lack of a better word. But I'll just operate as almost like a personal trainer 
it's like, you know, I'll come, I'll work with you for an hour. You know, I always say to my clients, if you want to go home and eat chips and slug Coke, you know, till our next coaching call, that's up to you, but I'm here to train you for an hour and for you to take that learning and apply it after we're done talking. So it's just direct training uh, where I can share specific information on their specific challenges uh, to get them over humps, to keep them moving forward, to learn more, to, to just share some of these things that I know very, very well, but so not there, actually. Work. Yeah. So some clients might say, you know what, done for you, just do it for me, you know, set it all up. But then they might, some might say, do it, but also coach me. Yes. Or teach me how to do this. Teach me how to do it. I I don't need you to to do the lunges for me. I want you to show me how to do a proper lunch. Okay, I'll show you. I'll show you how to do a proper lunch. You know, and you can yeah. do this on your own in your living room if you want. When I'm not yeah. around, hopefully. Yeah, but it feels good, eh? Like I like from what I'm hearing, it's all about doing good. Like even in business, when you do more good, you get more good. So, how do you feel with this business? Do you feel like does it feel good? How does your days go? Like because you're doing good work, right? Well, we are called agents of good for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, I've always based, we started the business based on the principle that we didn't want to make any money. That was one of the very first things we decided. So what that meant was we had two partners who they had their own jobs. And when you, we removed money out of the equation in terms of like, do I want this piece of business or not? And make, and every decision you make is based on not what is, what does it pay? Mm -hmm. And letting your potential clients know, just so you know, that as a thing is not a deciding factor. We're taking that off the table. You take money off the table. Well, the, the, the mechanisms you use to make decisions on, do I want to do this or not? Is this a good idea or not? Should we grow this way or not? Is fundamentally changed. I think for the better, because it allows you to think of the, uh, I've always thought of with the long-term approach to my personal relationships to my businesses that I've worked with, um, to everything, you know, in life. And I think that's served me. We live in a, a society in a world that everything, business, person, everything's focused on the now. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want maximum satisfaction right now all the time. When you basically build your business on that or your personal life on that, then it's, it's very shallow. It's based on personal immediate satisfaction, like money. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like ever since I changed that view, uh, things have been transformed because I was always saying, you know, this, this, this dollar, 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 right? So it was, it felt frustrating. Um, but now when we, we changed our focus to, can we help this person or business or not? You know, as the focus, can we actually make a change in their life? Like, is it, is this going to work? Like that's really should be the focus. And when you start doing that, you get good too, because your focus is on the person. We're all connected. So when we're, when we focus on another human being and trying to help them, goodness comes. And I experienced it tenfold because of that. When you just focus on that person, see if you can help them. If you can help them, then talk money. But if you, if you, if you can't even get there, you why are you thinking about money? But it's a, it's a training. Some are natural like yourself, like you're natural, but some had to like actually train for myself. I had to train myself for that. Like I had to kind of, say, no, this is the way it's supposed to be like really, really strictly. Right. Um, which I agree hundred percent. The world doesn't teach us that, you know, mm-hmm. when we go to yeah. school, we're taught about it's business and then growing your business all about making as much money as yes. possible, growing as fast as possible. No numbers. These are all success met- metrics that are in place that a lot of entrepreneurs think I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be working 80 hour weeks. I'm supposed to be doing yeah. like this. And it's really 
like a lot of our world is bullshit. It's just not mm-hmm. true. I think mean, mm-hmm. there are alternative fake stories. And you have to like, I, you know, through my career, I've had people go, Oh, you guys are so cute. You know, <laughs> you're this little agency doing this stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm going to remind you, I get all the clients you wish you could get. I get to do all the work that you really want to do. And I get to charge more than you for it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I appreciate your little pat on the head, but mm-hmm. you can kind of go fuck yourself because I believe the way I've decided to run my business uh, is, is a better way of doing it because I have the life I want to have. I get to go to work out and do my yoga uh, when I want to do it. Uh, I have great relationships with my clients. We go drink beers together as much as take on the world together. And mm-hmm. I, uh, to have someone make me feel like I'm not doing that the right way, I disagree completely. And I make a lot of money for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're getting the quality people and you charge for it. So that's, exactly that's right. great. Yeah. No, it's awesome. We always like to ask our guests what their inner superpower is that got you to this point. The thing for me was embracing the idea of being a, a vulnerable uh, human mm-hmm. um, and being okay with that meant I had to be authentic and understand that people were going to judge me for that. Um, some harshly, some would take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has happened as well. Yes, but, same here. But in real life, you know, the, the deepest relationships we have with people are the ones we open our hearts up to. Yes. The most. And even my charities, I couldn't do this with, you know, do this work unless I believe that to be true because mm-hmm. in the context that there are enough for profits or charities listening to this thing, this conversation, you know, the idea is the more vulnerable and emotional you can be in your storytelling, the more humans are attracted to you, the more they'll want to help you, the more they'll want yeah. to help you. Um, and it's so important, but we have a lot of people who work in the charitable sector who should not be here because inherently they don't believe that to be true. They believe they're supposed to be professionals. They believe we're supposed to be seen as, you know, very powerful, very precise in our decision making. Human is everything. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, well, no, because you're leaving no room for a human to help you. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, a sad, it's a sad thing. So I've seen through this pandemic, we're still in the time of COVID. I've seen organizations go to business because they have leaders who just didn't know how to be vulnerable, who were afraid of being yeah. seen as unprofessional mm-hmm. and judged because mm-hmm. of that, that emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a problem. That's, but I'm happy yeah. to see them go, to be honest. There's people mm-hmm. in this sector that should not be here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great superpower. Yeah, it's so important, especially uh, in business. You know, it's just we're all human. Like, there's there we have those issues. Like, we have um, situations that we dealt with. Share them. Be open. Be honest. Um, and that's how you connect with people, and that's how you do business. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just and life is just one big relationship. I think you know everything. Like from our family, from people. It's just one big relationship. They know to be true in their personal lives and apply to our business lives. Mm. The world would definitely be a a better place because we know in real life, you know, if we were married or had a best friend, like I said, we couldn't get away with some stuff we try to pull off in business. You can't treat people that way. Uh You know, you have to, you have to look at people as individuals. You can't just Uh look at all your friends and family as a bunch of numbers. That's Mm -hmm. just not going to work. And as business, uh, I just think if we could change the way we think about our customers, our clients, um, it would be a very, very different, different place. I think the idea of massive growth and massive business where you're forced to look at everything as numbers, mm-hmm. I think has, has hurt a lot of, a lot of our world in lots of mm-hmm. ways. Everyone's just mm-hmm. a blurry face. That's mm-hmm. a problem. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, 
That's awesome. Awesome, John. Amazing. Um, is there any kind of last kind of recommendation you could give anyone looking to go into business and kind of leave their job? Um, any kind of recommendation you could give because you do come from corporate and you open your own business, any kind of recommendation you can give or suggestions? It is a tough thing to sell to people that you need to, from the very get go, focus on the long game. Like the first year of my business was planting seeds for the future, like approaching people. I had to do the hard work of why was every chance this person, what value did I offer them and let them know this is who I am. This is what value I think I can offer you. And I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just offering you, if you want to take advantage of my knowledge in this area, then you can do it. And a lot of those are just like, and some go nowhere and you know, some never get out of the ground and mm. some will start to grow, but grow slowly and stuff. And so even today, you know, 25 years on, you know, I still have some things I can finally harvest because I've treated them properly. They, they have taken their time and the fruit on them is amazing. Do you know what I mean? You also have now some clients, not only here to remind you that we have folks in the long game, but I'm also here to get quick wins because as business, we need quick wins. Some people don't have the luxury of sitting around for a year and not making any money. Mm-hmm. Some of us actually have to make, start making money immediately. And again, that's, that's uh, you need to understand your value inherently. What do you offer this person? Don't just email a hundred people saying, give me work. Why are you reaching out to these hundred people? What value do you offer them? give them an opportunity to, to go, I'm interested in this because you're right. I do need this. That is on you to, to figure out. That's not on them. Mm-hmm. So we you starting your own business. You have to understand what value you offer that none of your competitors do that. No one else does. And make sure when you're reaching out to potential customers, you know why they need you. That's mm-hmm. your job. It's not yeah. their job. That's your mm-hmm. job. That's your and if job. you can do that, if you can illustrate that, you'll be off to the races very, very quickly. You'll have no, no problem growing your business in the short-term way and also the long-term way. Awesome. Awesome, John. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. I just want to ask you one more question before I let sure. you go. What are the top three things that you're grateful for? Well, I'm grateful for my, my very, very close friends and family. Of course, they are the ones that keep me uh, grounded and uh, focused on wh- why I'm here. I'm grateful for um, my, my creativity and my craft. Uh, it makes me get out of bed in the morning knowing that I have the amazing privilege of telling fantastic stories. Uh, to these wonderful people called donors who care and will give to that. Mm-hmm. And thirdly, I mean, I'm proud that I was patient with myself and, mm-hmm. and gave myself the space to, to be thoughtful about growing a business in a thoughtful way because, you know, I'm at 47 years old. I'm definitely halfway through my career and I'm looking at the second half and going, I'm going to be able to, I've, I've done the work. I can, I don't need to, I don't need to hustle so hard. I don't need to do some of these things. I've built the right groundwork and framework mm-hmm. to actually enjoy the second half of my career fully and completely the way it's totally the way I want to. And that's, uh, that's super exciting for me. Awesome, John. Amazing, amazing. It was, uh, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks, um, and keep in touch. And thank you so much. Mm-hmm.